God is good. All the time. It's good to worship with you. Welcome to our, our guests today. I was thinking this week about being in the pits. What did Irma Bombeck say? If life is a bowl of cherries, why am I in the pits? And the pit can be a, a scary place. Think about the poor deer that was on YouTube recently who was uh, hopping along merrily in a park and happened to hop gracefully over a wall right into a zoo, more specifically right into the lion's cage. It was a, a bad day but the, the deer made it into um, a moat and got away from the lions. The pit can be a very scary place. It combines both our acrophobia, our fear of heights and falling, with claustrophobia being uh, sort of in a confined place, we all remember Jessica McClure, who on October the 14th, 1987, caught all of our attention when she fell down an abandoned well, a drainage pipe in Midland, Texas. She was 18 months old, and for 58 hours, do you remember, my wife and I were riveted to the television screen just seeing what was going to happen to baby Jessica. Later, they made a movie about her, and called her everybody's baby because when she was in that well, she belonged to all of us and we all felt that. On YouTube recently, there was um, a picture of walkers and joggers in Germany. Somebody, as a practical joke, one of those video uh, television shows, decided to um, create a pit right in the middle of a path. I wanted just to show you a, a few clips from that this morning. They're making the pit there. I would play the music, but it's really not good music for worship. And uh, On the other hand, you could have heard them scream if we'd had the sound. Um, people walking along. Of course, I guess it could be worse. You could be jogging with your best friend and just, you know, and then just sort of face plant right there. Then there were those, yeah, another. And what if you were, for instance, walking your dogs and just happened to fall And maybe these are, are the worst of the group, the guys on the bicycles. Yeah, he didn't see it coming, did he? And thankfully, it's not so deep that they can't get out. This one's worse, actually. Yeah, sort of head first in. Well, there's no good way to fall into a pit, is there? And pits come in various shapes and sizes. They can be emotional, some depression that we are facing, some discouragement, uh, they can be physical, and there are examples of that in the Bible. They can also be spiritual, times of deep darkness and separation from God. And I love the song that David sings. We've been in this series, Then Sings My Soul. And David talks about how God delivered him from all of his sins and from all of his diseases. And then he makes this peculiar statement. He redeemed me from the pit of destruction. He amplifies that for us in the 40th psalm the first three verses would you open your bibles with me to psalm 40 verses 1 to 3 then sings my soul he lifted me let's stand together as we read god's word psalm 40 let this song resonate in our hearts as we Share it together. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and He set my feet on a rock. 
He gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Would you pray with me, Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. How low can you go? David may have been as low as any person who ever lived. I did the topographical research this week. I studied the places where David ran for his life when he was running from Saul. When he was running from Absalom, he was over in Mahanaim on the other side of the Jordan. But when he ran from Saul, he was in the desert of Ziph. The desert of Maon, these are not particularly relevant to us, but there is one place that he went that is relevant. It says he went down to En Gedi. There's a stronghold there. It is down by the Dead Sea, which is the lowest place on the face of the earth, 418 meters below the level of the sea and uh, below sea level. And there are caves there in this sort of oasis that is fed by four springs, three million gallons of water a year flow into that area. It's an oasis in the desert. And in those caves, David hid from Saul, going perhaps as low topographically as any person could ever Go, But God delivered him from that time and again. God rescued him from the hand of Saul. Later when his son Absalom was involved in this great revolt, uh, God delivered him from that as well. But David's greatest pain was in some ways self-inflicted. There was that occasion with Bathsheba and Uriah when David went down to the very depths spiritually of darkness that any person could go. And even out of that darkness... God delivered him. The good news for people like us who struggle with depression, who struggle with sin, who struggle with burdens in our lives is that no matter how low we go, we cannot go so low that God cannot find us, that God most high will still hear our cry and give us a reason to rejoice and a song to sing. We go into the pits in various ways. You think about people who have um, been born into the pit. Some would say, well, we're all born with equal opportunity, but that would have come as news, for instance, to people like Moses in the book of Exodus, who's born into slavery, in exile, by choices that are not his own, and God raises him out of that and helps him to become the deliverer of his people, Israel. There are other examples of people who are pushed into pits. We find stories in the scripture like Joseph, whose brothers throw him into a pit. Genesis chapter 37 tells us that. Then there's the story of Jeremiah, who's thrown. The word is cistern. It's the same word that's used here. This uh, idea of the pit in Psalm 40 is like a container, a cistern that was dug to hold water. And uh, this particular cistern, Jeremiah chapter 38, verses 6 and 9 tell us that there was no water in the cistern, but there was deep mud, and Jeremiah sank in the mud. No wonder when we read 
the book of Lamentations, he was such a miserable and sad person. He didn't choose to go into the pit, but he was thrown into it. Never mind Daniel, who's thrown into the lion's den, and the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, into the fiery furnace. We don't always get to choose the pits that we find ourselves in. But on some occasions we do. David, for instance, when he um, chose the sin with Bathsheba, was really at the pinnacle of his uh, royalty. He has come to the place where he's taken the stronghold of the Jebusites. He's there on Mount Zion and he's built a palace there. And beyond that, he's up on the roof of the palace. He couldn't be any higher than he is. But when he looks down and sees Bathsheba, he starts this downward spiral, this seemingly bottomless pit that he fell into. One person reflecting on such an example said, I was walking down a road and I fell into a hole. I didn't know it was there. I climbed out. The next day I walked down the same road and fell into the same hole. I don't know why I I fell into it again. I should have known it was coming. The next day I got up and I walked down a different road. There's no sense in uh, worrying about uh, how we got into the pit. We need somehow to get out of the pit. Maybe you read about Alexa Longera, this 15-year-old who was walking along Victory Boulevard on Staten Island and fell into a manhole. The rest of the story is that her parents are suing the city of Staten Island because there was no covering on the manhole. The rest of the story is she was, like most 15-year-olds, texting on her phone. That's why she didn't see the manhole. And it's possible in any number of ways in this life to fall into a pit. The good news is that while we wait before the Lord and cry out to Him, the Scripture says He hears our cry. I love the message, Eugene Peterson's translation. I waited and waited and waited. In the Latin Vulgate, it's expectans expectavi. Expecting, I expected. It's not just a sort of hopeless waiting, but it's a hopeful waiting. He said, I waited for the Lord and He heard my cry. The reason we cry out to God when we're in the pit is because our God is the God, listen to it, who inclines to us, who turns to us, who hears Our cry. Think about the man who was walking along that precipice and fell off and thought he was going to perish but found that there was a branch there and caught the branch with his hands and then began to cry out. He was not a particularly religious man but some experiences will make you become more religious and he began to cry out and said, God, help me, help me. And he hears this booming voice that says, this is God, do you trust me? And he said, yes, I trust you. He said, let go of the branch Help! Is there anybody else up there? I'm not ready to let go. And one of our challenges in the pit is sometimes we would rather stay in the pit than trust God to lift us out of it. We cry out to God because He hears. We praise God because He helps. Listen to verse 2. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, the King James Version, the miry clay. It sounds like quicksand, doesn't it? I saw so many movies when I was a kid. More recently, The Princess Bride and Hidalgo are uh, movies that have pictures of quicksand. I was so afraid of that when I was a kid. I was just sure someday I was going to be walking down a trail just like those people in the video and just fall in, you know, and wouldn't be able to get out. I did some study on this this week. It turns out that because the sand and water are more dense than the human body, that in fact you would never sink any further than to your waist. Did you know that? 
Of course, if you were in a tidal zone, which is where these often happen, and the tide came in, it wouldn't matter that you had only sunk up to your waist because the water would go over your head. But what is true about those stories is it is nearly impossible to get out on your own. In fact, one person, a scientist, did a study and said getting yourself out of quicksand up to your waist would be the equivalent of lifting a medium-sized automobile. We need help. When we fall into the miry clay, we need somebody outside ourselves who will deliver us. It's not as though you and I will wish our way out of our dilemma. We won't fight our way out. We won't climb our way out. You know this story that's making the rounds about them. It's a terrible story. The man who owns the donkey and the donkey falls into the well and it's an old donkey and the donkey's braying down there but he looks down and thinks, you know, the donkey's too old. It'd be too much trouble to pull him out. I think I'll just fill in the well. And so he begins to throw dirt in and, you know, and the donkey's braying but then eventually the donkey becomes quiet and he thinks the donkey's been buried but he looks down and the donkey is just shaking off the dirt and stepping up. Have you heard this story? And he shakes off the dirt and steps up. And shake. pretty soon the donkey walks right out of the well. It's a marvelous story. I mean, no donkey is hurt in this story. It's wonderful. The donkey survives. But that's not our story. First of all, God doesn't give up on us. Even when we give up on ourselves. Second of all, God doesn't bury us. But he did watch his son placed in a tomb. His son was buried so that he could raise him back to life again. And if our God can raise his son victoriously from the grave, then he can lift us. Believe me when I say, love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing, when nothing else would do, when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It wasn't as though we sort of helped ourselves. The good news, the gospel is not um, that God helps those who help themselves. The gospel is while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And the good news is when we realize that God has delivered us, He gives us a song of deliverance, of courage, of strength. Listen to what he says. He not only lifts me out, but he sets my feet on a rock. The message, again, gives the impression that God, like we do with a toddler, that we stand up, sort of steadies him there just to make sure, okay, you're not going to fall. You're safe here. And then gives him a song in his mouth, a hymn of praise to God so that many see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. From David's perspective, God gives the song so that he can worship him, so that he can lift a song of praise to him, but also so that he can bear witness to the fact that God is the one who delivers. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. It is like that story of uh, Paul and Silas when they are thrown into the dungeon in Philippi for doing nothing other than telling the truth. But while they are there, it says at midnight, they began to pray and to sing songs. And I love what verse 25 says, the prisoners were listening. They had never heard anybody. They'd been in prison for a while. They'd never heard anybody uh, sing songs of praise to God, offer a hymn to the Lord in the midst of the pit. And when you and I, in the middle of our pain, begin to bless God and bless others, people will notice that. The prisoners are listening. We live in a world where people are in bondage to sin, in slavery to their own choices. And our God is the God who sets us free. And if you and I will simply tell our story, other people will hear 
Sometimes I think we have to, we think we have to have a voice to sing. Somebody said, I, they've not done a survey of Tallowood as far as I know, but of um, evangelical congregations that 40% of the people don't sing. Uh, imagine that. I guess people think you have to have a, a voice to sing. You don't have to have a voice to sing. You just have to have a song. And the only question we need to answer today is, has God, David says, he gave me a new song to sing. And if you and I have found relationship with God, and we have found forgiveness in Christ, and we have found that he has healed us of our spiritual diseases and delivered us from the pit, believe me when I say, even if we don't have a voice, we have a song. Lee Strobel tells about his little girl, Allison, who uh, when... When he became a Christian, he said at at that point in her life, all she had ever heard from her father was anger and profanity. She had witnessed him kick a hole in the living room wall because he was so angry, this prominent atheist and journalist. And then he became a believer in Christ. And some months later, little Allison, his daughter, who had often gone to sleep in fear at night of her own father, went to her mother and said, I want God to do for me what he has done for daddy. Lee Strobel says the transformation in his life was so great that his daughter noticed it and she wanted it in her life as well. Do you have a song? By all means, sing that song. I remember uh, when I was a young pastor My brother was a member of Tallowood. He used to sing in this choir, and I came down to stay at his house one night. I was visiting a church member at MD Anderson, driving back. We had two kids at camp up at Latham Springs, and so I had to get back there, and and, uh, Melanie and I were engaged, and I stopped and saw her on the way, and and, uh, my brother gave me this little cassette tape. It was just a song of hymns sung by our choir, and uh, I had heard these hymns before. We sang some of them this morning, but I had never heard this arrangement of this hymn. And to this day, it stays with me. It comes to me at the most remarkable times. Times of darkness and concern. Times of fear. From sinking sand, He lifted me. With tender hand, He lifted me. From shades of night to plains of light. Oh, praise His name, He lifted me. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank You for lifting us out of the miry clay, out of the despair, and giving us a new song. We pray, Lord, today You would help us to praise You from the pit, to worship You in our weakness, And to find that your strength is perfected in our weakness. Help us today, I pray, to find deliverance in the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask it in his name. Amen.